This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Hello, Kroisar. Thank you for joining us today on Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. Well, Rising Week fell a little flat and seven was not quite heaven in the States. But we've got everything you need to raise your spirits after a slow start to the summer. I'm Rich Faye and I'm delighted to be joined once again by Mr. Nathan Salt. How are you doing this week, mate? Yeah, good. I was a little bit flat after the the whole TST exit. I was dreaming that this group were going to win us the million, uh, led by Lee, Shaquille O'Neal, Trundle. Um, not to be. Never mind. We've always got next year, Rich, but I'm good. Sun is out. It's lots of barbecues near where I'm living right now. Um, very, very happy. It's... I mean, it's a very sort of seven-a-side-heavy podcast this week, isn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, I suppose my one Wrexham link, I was going to discuss this at the end of the podcast I'll bring it up now, was I was at the FA Cup final at the weekend. I thought I was going to be the only Wrexham royalty there, and then Paul Mullen and Ryan Reynolds both turn up. Mullen gets his golden ball for being the top scorer in the competition, and Ryan Reynolds enjoys the Hollywood lifestyle and free hospitality put on by by Man United for him out of that pre-season game this, this summer. But yeah, it was that was exciting. It was nice to... To see the changing quality, shall we say, between the National League and the, the top end of the Premier League. Pretty close. You know, Rex well, are Rich, probably better at United at the moment, but... <laughs> Rich, cup final day is always exciting, though, isn't it? You know, there's always... Do you know what, mate? You know, Nath, I know we've spoke about this in the past. Whatever happens, I would... I know we're being greedy. I would love it if we won the FA Cup one day. I mean, we talk about getting to the Premier League, don't we? But I would love, love, love to win the FA Cup. Or the League Cup, as Swansea did as Wigan have done in, in recent memory, you know, I just, I'd love Wrexham to have that day and a major trophy that will never, ever, you know, be wiped from our history that will always be there. I I said to you, and I said to a few other people on Twitter spaces and stuff, that I would have traded, I would 100%, and there's no doubt in my mind, I would have traded in promotion, as great as that was, to win the FA Cup. The FA Cup would, would be absolutely historic. And weirdly today, we were having a chat about the FA Cup and I didn't realise the first ever team to win it was a team called Wanderers. So if you ever need a pub quiz trivia question, who was the first team to win the FA Cup? Who's the only non-league team to win the FA Cup? Uh, Tottenham? No. Yeah. Is that right? Is. Yes. You were meant to get that. That's kind of ruined the quiz question, but there's two freebies for you there for you pub quizzes. I had no idea there, Wanderers. It was like, it was a quiz of can you name every team that's won the FA Cup since like the, the first not quite the, the Rex and Red Dragons yet then uh, not the Rex and Red Dragons but Rich on to TST you dropped a boo-boo you, you turned out of the first you tuned out so of the first I game. watched yeah so I, I only managed to watch one match live and I saw no Rex and goals 
I saw two Como goals. <laughs> I saw, let me just put this out here. So basically, if, if people don't follow me on Twitter, you won't, won't know this. The game, Wrexham were 2-0 down. Maybe you explain how the narrative of the game actually, Nate, of, of what happened, and I can so, input my, right, so, my error. So Wrexham went 1-0 down. I think they, they sort of realised what they were up against then. You know, they kind of realised, okay, this is the level. Como were a good team. Fabregas, we were expecting to play, didn't play. He was on the sidelines, but... You know, former Wolves striker Patrick Cotrone was up top. Anyway, they get a second goal with Wrexham pushing. They get a second goal, 2-0. We're nearing the end of regulation time, as I'll call it. And little did we know, and we actually did a poor job explaining this last week. I'll, I'll take the blame for it, Rich. I did a poor job explaining it, that there was a target score. So at the end of regulation, a bit like in the NBA All-Star game, there is a score to get, and the score was always going to be one more than the leading team had. So if a team was winning 2-0, target score would be 3. If a team was winning 4-2, target score would be 5, etc., etc. Um, so at 2-0 down, Wrexham's, the target score was going to be 3. Not everyone realised there was a target score, much like yourself, and you you turned it off, you tuned out. Yeah, I, well, I swear it's because the commentator that I was listening to on the stream said that, oh, it's half-time now, and... I just implied that, okay, when the next whistle goes, that'll be full-time. So, right. yeah, I had no idea about the target score period. Um, I, I then went to eat some food, and by the time I came back to my phone, you were like, I just saw all these tweets that Wrexham had somehow won the game. I was like, how the, how on earth did that happen? And, <laughs> yeah, I missed every single Wrexham goal. But, hey, oh, well, it's a good problem to have, the fact that Wrexham won. And it, it was a fun tournament, you know? It was really good. I think that the club probably got, as far as we'd maybe expect them to get, it was always going to be a huge, sure. huge ask for them to actually win the win the trophy, particularly because so many other sides had sort of, I think, more players in their prime. We were sort of a mixture of, of players who had come to the end of their career, some who were retired, and others who were at the start of their footballing journey. So I think it was always going to be a huge stretch for Wrexham to, to actually win it, but a really good account for ourselves. And again, as we'll get on to later in this podcast, so much interest in Wrexham Stateside. Yeah, it was, you know, I saw loads of um, kind of um, homemade banners and stuff to, to get attention to players. And, and look, you know, w- w- did all these fans know exactly who Lee Trondle was before the, the game started, the, the tournament started? I would assume not. They do now. And they know about Dan Jones and they know about Louis Lloyd and, and Dave Jones and all these people. And, and you know, Mark Howard um, gave it into a can't remember who to um, a couple of days ago and was saying that, you know, he when they asked around who wanted to go, he was very eager to go and... I think it was interesting that it wasn't necessarily a Legends tournament and it wasn't a first team. Your team could be whatever you wanted it to be. And I thought, I know he's no longer at the club, but I thought it was made for Dan Jarvis, that kind of tournament. I thought he looked super, super silky, you know, kind of smaller pitch. It's more about technical ability. He's obviously very good technically. Now, I was thinking about if we put a full first team out, do you imagine with this close control how good Elliot Lee would be in that kind of environment it's almost like cage football in a way because it was just kind of so fast-paced no throw-ins immediately back in no offsides I just think it's all about technique and and Elliot Lee oh god he'd be he'd be ridiculous he'd be a cheat code yeah uh, maybe 10 years time or so our team in that tournament could be very different indeed couldn't it but yeah it was exciting it was really interesting as a format and you know long may it continue I really would be quite engaged in watching that going forward and I suppose particularly during the summer months it's an interesting format. It's an interesting concept. You know, I know football yeah. is trying to sort of expand as a sport and I dread to sort of use the Euro- European Super League terminology talking about sort of legacy supporters or whatever. But if you're trying to target maybe the younger generation who are more interested just in sort of 
at the action and goals and just seeing skill moves and, and all that and it almost being like FIFA Street, then I think it is a compelling sort of concept going forward. I don't think we'll ever replace 11 v 11 and maybe the the purer game, but sure. it's interesting sure. to watch and really interesting as we'll get onto maybe now the accounts of some of those involved. And I was delighted this week to catch up with Louis Lloyd, um, Wrexham player, used to ball boy at the matches as you'll hear here. And yeah, this is his story really of his half a season at Wrexham. He returned to the club after a successful trial following his release from Shrewsbury Town. He had, like we said, that half season with with Wrexham, training with the first team most days. Never made a senior appearance for the club, but he did represent us at the 7v7 tournament and he found the back of the net as well. So... I mean, first of all, like you mentioned, how how's the jet lag? How are you doing? Uh, yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, got back at around three o'clock this morning. Uh, long trip back from Heathrow, even though the flight was long. Um, but yeah, feeling good. Uh, what was it like as an experience then? I mean, surreal, isn't it? Playing for Wrexham 7v7 in America. I think it didn't really hit me properly until when we walked out for the first game, just because the amount of uh, fans we had out there. I think it was a bit like a bit of a take back, like you're walking out and you can hear them and there's teams from America over there and you're thinking, Jesus, we've got a bigger following than most of them. Um, but yeah, it was a great experience and the setup of the tournament was phenomenal. Just the rules and all that just made it crazy. Yeah, what did you? I've got to say that. What did you make of like? I mean, like I said, this, the, the game against Como, I watched it and turned it off at two 0 down because I just thought that was it over. I had no idea it was carried on going. Like, did you have to? Did you have to sort of keep track of the rules yourself as you're playing? Or so to be honest, we obviously we knew about that target score time, but there were some other rules that were a bit dodgy, like the, uh, the goalkeeper one where he can't kick it into the other half without it bouncing and stuff like that, but. I was sitting on the bench when we were 2 0 down uh, towards the last two minutes of the 40 minutes. And I've literally, I've turned to one of the lads and I've got Wrexham this if we score the free here and come back from this. Like, sums up Wrexham because it's been happening for the last two seasons. And when the first one went in, where I've seen Jonah hit that one, I've gone, surely not. And then they've called me on for the target score time and it's just fell to me. And I've just hit it. And I was like, we're actually going to do this here. And it's going to be going mental all over Twitter, everything. But it was it was crazy, honestly. Yeah, you said you just hit it. It's a bloody good finish, that. I think you need to give yourself some credit for it. But what was I mean, what was the standard like then? Because were you sort of shocked as players about how, how intense it was? Because, you know, you never really know if some people will be taking it seriously, if some people are just there for a bit of a laugh, really. But it seemed really yeah. competitive. I think, no, um, the standard was top level, to be fair. Um, I think Como were a very good team. Um, you can tell that they've played together a lot. Uh, physical as well. But I think we kind of got to grips to it once we conceded the first goal kind of thing. Like It was like, all right, we're here to play now. Everything, let's get on with it. Um, but no, I think the standard of even the team, like the women's team, the women's goalkeeper for one was... She was out of this world considering how many shots we'd had. Um, just little things. But then even watching it when we were out and like the final, I don't know if you caught the final, mm. but watching that game, it was 
like two 7v7 teams, knew what they were doing and it was tactical and we were like, wow, that's probably where we kind of missed out. But nah, the standard was top. Uh, obviously, there was a lot made about the headlines of a one million dollar tournament and all that. Was the was was the sort of focus from Wrexham? We're going here to win, or was it? We're just going to give it a go and see see what happens. I think a bit of both. To be fair, I think because obviously some of the lads hadn't played for a while, um, and obviously we'd finished the season here. We didn't know what to expect coming into it. We'd had one training session before we flew out. We had one the day before our first game. Um, I think after that first game, we kind of thought, now we we stand a chance here. We can we can do this. And everyone's thoughts were just to that, just every game, take it as it comes and see where we end up. We saw, I'm not sure if you've seen the clip, but Lee Trundle was compared to Shaquille O'Neal um, because he's an absolute beast. I don't, don't, know, don't know where that comparison's come from, but it took get that. So you didn't see it. I'll send you that. Well, um, where did the Wrexham players sort of rank for you then? Who was the best player, do you reckon, on the, on the Wrexham side? I think you can't look past Boydie, George Boyd. Uh, I think he could still play today, which is mental that he's retired. But um, Jonah as well, you know, just, just things that they don't lose. Like, just the technical ability is just there. It's always there. And they're never really going to misplace a pass. Um thought Trends was good to watch for me. With his back to goal, uh, unreal. Can't move him. But I just think altogether the lads, the lads were unreal. Even Scotty Scott Butler, like I've got to say, probably one of the best centre backs there, from what I've watched. Yeah, I remember watching him in the trophy against Alti last season. He was absolutely class. To be honest, I was surprised how sort of how good he was. Uh, what do you think the future is for Wrexham in the sort of seven v sevens? Then do you think this is a sort of a space Wrexham should be looking to be involved in then and, and be involved in future tournaments? I think most definitely. I think it brings nothing negative, only good publicity, uh, gives the fans out in America a chance to see them if it's going to keep being held in America every year. I think it gives a good fan uh, a good time for them to see them out there. Just it's shown when we were there. And I think that tournament's only going to get bigger and bigger, to be honest. Yeah, um, I mean, you could be for 7v7s in the summer. Uh, you mentioned it again there, just sort of, what is it like? We we talk about the old Wrexham. You've been part of the old Wrexham. You 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 released. You came back. You've had just over half a season with this new Wrexham. How much has it changed? How, how different is this club now? Honestly, it is crazy. It's from ball boying when Ricketts was in charge all those years back, and to think they were going for promotion then, but seeing them this year in the stands, honestly seconds and none the fans the standard of the lads the team altogether the gaffer the whole club atmosphere it just looks like it's just going to keep going up, 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 up. and it doesn't look like it's going to stop at this moment in time you mentioned there the Ricketts era when you were ball boy and stuff who who were your Wrexham sort of heroes growing up who did you look and, and watch and, and think you wanted to emulate them well Rovers was there when I was that young so watching Revers and then playing with him last week it's like also Cara was there um, Andy Morell was the manager at one point when I was there there's just so many people that I've seen in the, the last few days that I was probably about four foot high the last time I've seen them and it's thinking wow like people in that team like there was Raquel Pike there was Brad Walker all those kind of people it's 
just it's just mad to see how the club's just transformed. Honestly, uh, you mentioned there. I mean, some fans might not know about your story too much. So you you left Wrexham at a young age, but you did come back after a trial, didn't you? Earlier this season, you did at Shrewsbury for a while. How did that sort of come about? I mean, once once you left Wrexham originally, did you ever think you'd be coming back to the club? Well, when I left Wrexham, I went to Connors Key. I, I didn't go anywhere before that. I just felt it was the right thing for me to do to enjoy my football again at such a young age. And it was closer to home. So it wasn't kind of a move against Wrexham saying, oh, I don't like this club. It was just the thing of, I need to enjoy my football because I was a 15, 14-year-old little boy. Um, I'd done very well at Nomads and got myself a move to Shrewsbury. And when I eventually left Shrewsbury the last summer, I thought I'd get in touch with Wrexham and people at Wrexham because who doesn't want to be a part of that at this moment in time? And especially for someone like me, a Welsh lad, seeing a Welsh team doing very well, you, you kind of want to be a part of that. So I just thought maybe I didn't think about it when I was younger, thinking I might be coming back there, but I think it was a great idea to go back. You mentioned that being from North Wales itself. How much has it changed amongst sort of your mates as well? Because growing up myself, all my mates supported United, Liverpool, Everton, and now they're all on the Wrexham bandwagon. Have you noticed that as well, that loads of your mates are trying to jump ship? Or Yeah, yeah maybe not as much because I think my, I'm like, what, 19, 18, so they're all still in the Liverpool era thing. I think as the years go on, um, there might be a few more Wrexham fans coming out of North Wales, most definitely. Yeah, and I suppose as well, you being from the area, you must recognise the absolute buzz. Like it's hard to sort of put into words, isn't it? Like everyone talks about Wrexham. Everyone wears Wrexham shirts. It's just Wrexham, Wrexham, Wrexham. It is just surreal, isn't it? It's honestly it's crazy. I've I've never seen such a quick rise in such a I wouldn't say just the area of North Wales itself. You don't have many big football teams that you can kind of support or be close to. And I think having one in North Wales like Rexton, the size of it that it's become and the size of it before it was anyway, I think to kind of awaken that beast and the whole of North Wales can see what's happening, I think it's it it'll be honestly it'll be the best of the future. Cause you'll have fans coming from North Wales saying they're Rexton fans and not Liverpool, Everton, Man United fans. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We'll see the sort of true extent of it, won't we? In sort of five, ten years' time where you've got this whole new sort of just catchment area and this new audience. Like you said, you've you've experienced it firsthand then, uh, sort of behind the scenes of what it's like. What has the standard been like? Have you seen sort of firsthand in training, et cetera, just how much more intense it is now, how much more maybe professional it all is? Oh, it's top level. Honestly, uh, training is no joke. Uh, got people like Elliot Lee, you just can't lose the ball. Um, Moles doesn't miss the goal. It's just unreal. Like, especially all the lads that were brought in and the lads that were still there, just the levels just kept getting higher and higher and higher. So training with them would just make us young lads even better mm. and sharper and everything. But honestly, it's, it's a top level. It's easily higher league level standard training and playing the matches, the performances that they put out than where they are. It's simple as that. Uh, these Wrexham players, then, would you say these are the sort of best you've ever played with, trained with on a daily basis? Yes, 100%. 100%. Like, and who, who stands out for you the most? Well, obviously being as a forward player, I think watching Moles every day and watching Palms, uh, even Dolbs. Dolbs is 
a joke in training. Just all for all of the strikers, just watching them in training is just key for me. Just taking little things from them, seeing what they do to kind of make myself better. And do they sort of take you to one side and give you advice, give you little pointers and, and just yeah. little things to work on here and there? And I oh. guess like, yeah, like you said, your, your game must have come on leaps and bounds as well just from that half season. Yeah, no, most definitely. I can just recall one moment just doing a shooting practice with Moles and I was wondering how he looks at the goal before he shoots and he was like, I don't. I was like, oh, <laughs> like, because that's just, I thought, what? He doesn't look at it, he just knows where it is. And I was like, might take me a few bit of time to get yeah. that one in. But, um, yeah, a yeah. few air shots trying to practice that one. But just little things, honestly, just little things. You're just trying to put them in your game and adapt your game. And Parky as well, a character that I think when he first arrived took a little while for fans to warm to, but building his statue now, he's you know he's well in, in, endorsed in, in the Wrexham ways. And what's he been like with you throughout this as well? Obviously, you've been dealing with youth team managers as well, but obviously Parky's the, the main guy you're trying to impress. Nah, the gaff has been nothing but top level with me, to be honest. Uh, when he brought me in, he made me feel like wanted, which was good. Um he always kept in, like, say we'd play a Reds game, he'd always let us know how we would be doing. And especially on the last game of the season, he was there watching and uh, let us all know how we got on. He said it was a great team performance and stuff like that. So just little things when he would say those comments to us all and then individual comments, it would just uh, kind of lift you a bit and then you'd want to go and improve on that in the next game to see if you can, um, you know, please him even more. I guess speaking of the young players at the club, you mentioned sort of Scott Butler. Obviously, Jake Bickerstaff's one that fans are eager to see a bit more of. He was great against Ulti. Maybe he needs a loan just to sort of push on while we're going to the leagues. And Max as well, who, you know, is maybe at a bit of an awkward point in his career where he's bloody good, but maybe just still not good enough to be playing every week. So where would you sort of assess those two, Bickerstaff and Kluwer? I think Bix is on the way to be a top striker, most definitely. Um He's got all the tools, scores some unreal goals. And honestly, he's one of the best trainers I think I've ever seen. Uh, Maxi is second to none. He's a Rolls Royce, <laughs> works on things he doesn't even need to work on, but he just does it every day. And I think Max could play as the highest level, honestly. I mean, I play, I mean, trainers are not the easiest one either. Likes uh, to grab your shirt, though. That's about yeah. <laughs> He learned the dark arts, has he? I, mean, I guess that's another point in that you, you're up against these Wrexham defenders and I bet, you know, it's, you learn a lot, but maybe you do wish you were playing against our former defenders rather than a lot we've got now because you must not get an inch sometimes in training. You must get so frustrated maybe sometimes against people like Hayden and Tony. Training was tough. Training was definitely tough, but I think you've got to rise to those challenges because that's the position you want to be in. So, yeah. I suppose, should we go through all the squad then, Maria? Keepers as well? You were up against the keepers, weren't you? I mean, was there sort of a noticeable... What was the buzz like when Ben Foster signed, I suppose? Was that like surreal? Um, I remember walking in, me and Ryan always got in at the same time every morning, and um, we were walking in and we seen the uh, Disney cameras outside and we were like, what's going on here? And... Um, we walked through the players' entrance and we just seen Fozzie there and we was like, whoa, that's different. And we, we, to be honest, when we first got there, we didn't know if he was doing a video or if he was signing. So we were in the changing room and we were just like whispering to each other, like, 
surely not. And then he came into the, we got, we went for breakfast and he came into the canteen and he was in Wrexham training kit and we were like, he's signing. And we was like, Jesus, that is a statement of intent kind of thing. Like this title is going to be won. And it was just, it was the buzz around the stadium and training was just, just took another level. Obviously it was mental. Yeah, it did sort of seem like, for all the signs we've made, like Mullen's a massive signing, Toza was a massive signing, but it's Ben Foster in it. This is a Premier League goalkeeper. This is someone who's played for England. Like, him turning up for Wrexham was sort of, it did feel like for that moment, we're going up. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I suppose, as well, from your point of view, what the, the mood this, this season, it must have always, there must have always been that sort of self-belief that we were going to do it. No matter how tough and tight the title race was, the players must have never sort of doubted that they'd go up. No, nah, I, I don't think they did. But at the same time, I don't think they looked too far ahead. I think they kind of looked at it as in to say, take every game as it comes. And at the end of the day, they've done that and they've flown to the title. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I think especially once that Knotts game was over, I think that was when it was kind of nailed on Wrexham and going out. Yeah, even though we tried to sort of Wrexham it at Halifax, didn't we? I think the Knotts game was the perfect sort of like you said at the start, this was the new Wrexham, wasn't it? This is a team yeah. that has changed from the ones we used to watch growing up. Uh, for you then, how would you reflect on on this second spell at the club? Is it one where you've learned a lot and, you know, memories that are going to last a lifetime for you? Um, I think, yeah, I can look back on it and say I've learned loads mentally-wise and also football-wise. Um, I'm looking to kind of take those things into my next step, but now I'm happy with my second spell there and I'm thankful to everyone at the club for giving me the time of day, uh, helping me out as a person, helping me out as a footballer, and I can't thank anyone enough. And I, I know you'll be an open book at this moment in time. Good for you to have some time off from football for a bit, but what do you think the, the future holds for you then? What 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 are your plans this summer? Uh, I'm not too sure. Uh, just working hard on my own at the moment, um, but hopefully take myself to some men's football kind of, build myself a CV up and then see where we go from there. Watch this space, eh? Pardon? Watch this space, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> and if you come if you if you come back to the race course in a few years' time you score against us, are you celebrating or not? No, no, never. <laughs> too much respect. I love that mate. Thank you very much. It's all right. Rich, that was great, I thought. I thought he was really good, you know, talking about ball boying under the rickets. And, like, you know, for him, he would ball boy, throw the ball back to people like Paul Rutherford, and then he got to play. Made me feel old when he said he he grew up remembering Paul Rutherford. And we are not very old, so I dread to think, apologies to some of the listeners who are going to scoff at the idea that we feel old, but... Well, the rickets era was when you and me were going to Leighton Orient and stuff. Right, right, right. Well, he's a young, so he's recent. A young lad. So recent. Yeah, it is, it is. But it was, it was a, actually a very good chat. And, you know, I like the fact that he said, I love the fact that he said Mullen just said he did, doesn't look at the goal. You know, he's at that level of his prime now that it's cliche when people say that, you know, they can just, they know where the goal is, but they just know, like a kind of instinct. Um, and Confidence, isn't it? Which yeah. I think Mullen really has gotten. I think that's an interesting point as well, that when you look at strikers, uh you, you can often say on the back of one season that, you know, they're a risk. When we sign Mullen, people are saying he's only have had one good season. Mm. But it makes your confidence sky high. And that is so often a difference. The margins at the top level 
uh, was so often just about confidence and consistency. And Mullen had that in that season at Cambridge. And he's carried that over to Wrexham. And now this is his new level. These are the new expectations. So I think it is just fascinating to hear that sort of insight on on Paul Mullen. And it makes so much sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Because of course I, he's got to know where the goal is. He, he literally doesn't need to look. Really. Yeah, and Rich, I, what I would say is, well, credit to, to Louis as well. I thought he was a... You know, for a young lad, it's not always easy, uh, you know, doing media commitments. I thought he was really good. I thought he was really well spoken. And you have to say, he played well. I thought he was one of the standout players for us in terms of, you know, we know what Trundle is going to give you. Morel, I, I mean, he, he got denied. Did you, did you see the one where he's headed off the line or he's headed onto the bar and off Incredible the line? Clearance, wasn't it? Yeah, that was unbelievable. And then he got, he had an injury, a rib, rib issue. So just was really unfortunate of him that the ball wasn't finding the back of the net. But, yeah, Louis, I, I liked a lot, and and the young American lads, you know, um, Murkovic and um, Cavallo. I thought they they handled themselves well. I know Cavallo scored. I was, a question before we moved on, maybe to another um, one of your interviews. This week. You've been busy. Another one of your interviews. Um, if you could get a guest player, who would you get? If you'd have had the Do you chance. think there's got to be a Wrexham link there? Do you think we've got no, to... I'd just say I don't, I don't think there has got to be a Wrexham link. Just if you were the manager and you could pull the strings to get the player. Trying to think, who would who would you like to play in a guest Wrexham Red Dragons? Because we had George Boyd, who we had on the podcast last week, teeing the tournament up. Uh, he scored the winner in um, in target score time, and then your next guest, uh, Liam Grimshaw. Although they kept calling him Grisham. Did you hear that? I don't know if they. Yes, they, I did. Yeah, <laughs> they, they they refused to get his name right. Um, so Mr. Grisham, Mr. Grimshaw. He obviously was a guest recommended by someone at United. Um, so I don't know. You've got free freedom to to pick anyone. Who'd be a fun one for us? What position did we need a well, bit more? Okay. So my two my two choices are intrinsically intrinsically linked. So okay. I've got a Wrexham link, and then I've got sort of who I want to watch in a Wrexham shirt. Got you. My Wrexham link, I'm not sure how the legs are doing, but I think that, that sort of game, sh- short bursts of football technical ability it is made for Glenn Little I yeah, really nice. think it is made for Glenn Little and great shout. you know the legs had gone but by the time he joined us but I think he'd be superb in that I really do think he'd be maybe maybe it's come a few years too late but I think he would be incredible and the player I'd have him maybe up alongside would be the man he nutmegged when he played for Portsmouth Ronaldinho imagine Ronaldinho yeah. playing for Wrexham I mean, that would be immense. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Dom Vose as my Wrexham link because technically, you know, you think back to that Gateshead goal. Just imagine him with you know, the ball glued to his foot, and then, ooh, who am I gonna go with? Someone retired. Oh, there, there, there could be loads, couldn't you? I'm just, just in I mean, terms. Ronaldinho is still in prison, isn't he? I think that's my only sort of downside. Yeah, He's incarcerated for using a can fake he, passport, isn't he? In Paraguay, can he get can he get day release or something? I don't know. Paraguay. I'm going to go Maybe with someone Rexham who... Maybe to a prison team. <laughs> really try to win all the leagues. I'm uh, I'm going to go purely just from a scorer's point of view. I'm going to go... So I've got Don Vos as kind of a creator. I'm going to go with Sergio Aguero because there's a pure finisher, one of the best I've ever seen. Um, well, it's similar I, to that, um, that league that Jared Piquet has in Spain, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, I, He has something like that, but I don't know for sure what, what he has. Is like a Legends League? It's the King's League uh, that PK does. Seven aside football tournament in Barcelona. It was established last year in association with other notable f- football personalities and internet streamers, the uh, Wikipedia page says. And I, I think there was some like news story about it um, earlier in this year that 
a current La Liga player played in the seven-a-side league, but he had to wear like a mask or a balaclava or something oh, really? because he legally couldn't play because obviously it's breach of contract. Right. He could get injured and that would cause all sorts of so issues. So, so sort of like the masked singer, but the masked footballer. The masked, the masked winger. Masked winger, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say, in terms of if you're talking about influencers and streamers and that sort of thing, if if Rob Ryan Red ever gets the call, I'm absolutely rubbish, so that's fine. But you are all right. You were playing against Darren Fletcher the other day. What was going on there? Yeah, we had our annual uh, Man United media day where the club staff play against the sort of the press and they've got tactics. And this year, our chances were ruined when I was up in midfield against Darren Fletcher. Champion carried me deep. I, I was gonna, I was gonna say, Rich was he an absolute baller? He was amazing. He was just yeah. effortless, so vocal, so athletic, and yeah, just so. But my God, he is super Darren, talented. Da- Darren Fletcher in a seven v seven, go footballer. Yep. I should have recruited him, shouldn't I, when I was there, but there yeah, maybe yeah. Next, next year. Next time. But speaking of players that Wrexham did recruit, and this one does have a United link, uh, Liam Grimshaw, he got the call. The audio ch- cuts out a little bit at the start, but basically Paul McGuinness, who's a famous United youth coach, was made aware of this, speaking to to Dave Jones, obviously involved at United himself and and started off his career there, and was asking about players who might be suitable to represent Wrexham in this tournament, and they thought of Liam Grimshaw, who, 28 years old, as you'll as you'll tell, from Burnley, you can tell that with the accent, right back, midfielder, he's played for United, he's played for Motherwell, played for Chesterfield, played for Preston, played, what was it, nearly 200 games for, for Motherwell in all competitions. Um, spent last season at Greenock Morton in Scotland, and yeah, this is how his little spell at Wrexham came about, and what he made of the 7v7 tournament. Away days are great. But there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with muck delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. So I suppose the first question, Alim, how did this all come about? This uh, this trip of Wrexham to the states. Yep. So the YouTube YouTube for coming and, you know, David Jones was really good for it. He was, he was charging the trip, David Jones. So, they actually played for Man United as well as Ian Webb. Um, and I think he must have reached out to Paul and said, do you think there's anyone suitable or do you think there's anyone, you know, who fancy it and who you recommend, really? So, Paul put Dave in touch with me, Dave spoke to me and, you know, I explained everything and stuff. And to be honest, I, I knew it was a chance really when he, uh, when you got in touch, so yeah, that's that's how it come about. You obviously maybe from to stay in touch with Dave, you've kept an eye on on Wrexham. How much did you sort of know about the takeover and and what was happening at the club before before you played in this tournament? Well, to be honest, I mean, I think it's got a lot of you know, it's, it has had a lot of publicity on it with certain certain things in the put show, whatever, on Disney or whatever, um, and then being into being into football, especially sort of northern football, anyway. Always keeping an eye on, um, you know, keeping an eye on that side of things. So I probably heard no ins and outs of everything that had gone on, but I think like publicity's, you know, been that great that it's almost been difficult to uh, difficult to miss really, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. Lo- lots of rival fans would say that. To be honest, they're sick of us. But uh, in terms of you know the experience itself, then you fly out to the states. Were you were you surprised by just how much sort of interest there was? In this, in the team, even for a seven v seven tournament, yeah, massively, massively. I mean, 
mentioned there, obviously being in Northern Man and that, but Northern Rex, you know, a big club. But I went to Rex and when I really won watching the game um, years ago, and that obviously in league, I think that might have been Division, it would have been the old Division 1, but to be League 1, I think it would have been the League 2, whatever. So, I know that Rex were a big club, historically, you know, really a bonus club, traditional club, but, you know, to see, to see sort of interest that they generated in America were mind-blowing, to be honest, I never, never expected, never expected that. I just think there'd be a few people that, you know, from, you know, from that interest, from ownership, it's hard to thought, yeah, it was incredible, really, how many, how many people then still have Rex in terms of the actual tournament itself then, we had these sort of weird rules, obviously kicked off that brilliant game against Como and the comeback. How much, how 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 sort of aware were you of these rules and how the games were actually played? Did you enjoy the new format? I did enjoy it, yeah. I mean, it, it were, um, we only had one training session before we went there, so it were all pretty new to us. I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll have been, it'll been new to everyone. There might have been a couple of teams who maybe trained a bit more and looked into the room a bit more, but we seen it all. Yeah, I think, in terms of the actual sort of competitiveness of, of the tournament were you surprised by by the standard there was there, or, or were you expecting it to be really, really sort of intense? Well, I think we were, I think it were a bit of a, a, mixed, a mixture, really. Like obviously, like, you know, Solera, because they were playing Cornwall, we beat Cornwall in that first game. I think two very evenly not seen, so like, there weren't a lot in that game, really, at all. Really enjoyed that one. And the next two games for us, they were, you know, they were quite one-sided. And then we come to, I think, about last since the you know, Team we played in that, they had a lot of extra pros and probably just slightly edged it there. So, out of the four teams we played, two teams were of a very good standard, like on the two, maybe not so. But yeah, I think standard wise, it were, um, you know, back in the same there, but the teams who were selling it at the end, like, you know, they were very, you know, very decent. They knew how to play the game. It's a different game to 11 aside in it, and I think they probably had a bit of a previous experience in terms of the Wrexham sort of experience as well what did you make of the uh, the players you played alongside did anyone stand out in particular for you well first of all this, you know I really enjoy your company and all lads are all, all really good lads and I think everybody around representing Wrexham uh, and you know in a really good a really good way and um, you know bought, whether they were ex-players or we had a couple of American lads there they all bought into what you know, reps and trying to do this stuff. So, in terms of player wise, you know, everyone, everyone played, played more than played the part in that. Um, and obviously, you got someone to play for Rexham more than others, like Lee Jumble and um, Anthony, you know, you know, real Rexham Whitings. And then we had Carrington and uh, Paul Rutherford. Yeah, again, lads who played a lot of games for Rexham, you know, really, really good pros and that. So, and then, and then younger lads who have had about some more recently that so everyone puts in the self well really I suppose first for you as well it's you you've got a very good CV already been at United been at Preston you know Motherwell it's it's not bad Adam Wrexham on there though is it I know it was a 7v7 tournament but are you going to sort of keep an eye on on the club next season as well now no definitely but 
when when I heard from Bob Jones that there were a coming out there, I thought we're in Aubriana really. Um, obviously, reaction the club on reaction the club on open. They get a lot of publicity around with the club, so uh, I just thought it'd be interesting to you know come out here and uh, come out here and see what happens. Really, I'm always keen on um, having new experiences with football. I'm big believer in. You know, when you get these opportunities in life, you've got to, uh, you know, you've got to go and go and take them out. Not that you know, to go on, probably, I don't know, not, it won't be before I've 20 trips abroad from age of nine right through to 18, 19, and, you know, I look back on them times with, you know, the, um, on the street, you know, the really, really academic So any time that there's a trip to a new place or a new city, a new tournament, I, I, you know, I'd always jump in. Well, Nate, the whole experience, as is very excited for the preseason tour, doesn't it? And you'll be there. There's a lot of hype in America for Wrexham right now, and it's not just the players who enjoyed their time at the 7v7 tournament, but the organisers will have seen it very beneficial themselves. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, all the people I've spoken to, one of which is is has been recorded, and others I spoke to privately, were delighted to have Wrexham. You know, Wrexham was, and John, who I speak to, the CEO of, of TST, was was talking about that Wrexham were our number one team that we wanted of, of all 32. Like, Wrexham were the team we wanted. And, um, you know, j- just think about that for a second. You think of Premier League teams, Wolves had a team, West Ham had a team, um, you know, like to Clint Dempsey had a team, you know, big, big Steve Nash, Chris Paul, all these big American players were involved. And, yeah, it was Wrexham they really wanted to get. Um, and, that was, you know, there was no, no um, kind of no hiding away from the fact that Wrexham... Accounted. Look, the, we'll get into it with with John shortly. But Wrexham were a big draw to the tournament. Lots of merchandise sold. Lots of tickets sold because of Wrexham. And I mean, Rich, this is the seven v seven in North Carolina. Um, I'm going to be in North Carolina as well for the Chelsea game, and then I'll be in Los Angeles for the Los Angeles DOS uh, game. So if you're there for either of those, I will be there. Do say hello. Try and uh, see me. I'm in the fan section for the Carolina game, and I'm can't remember exactly where I am for LA, but um, you'll see me around. I'll be putting on socials, any meetups we do as Wrexham fans. But yeah, it's only going to go up another level, Rich. You know, documentary will be even closer. And yeah, I just wanted to pick the brains of the organiser. Here's what John John Mugar, is that am I going to say? It? Um, I think that's what I'm going to say it like that. And if it's wrong, I apologise. But John Mugar, CEO of TST, was talking me through the brains behind the tournament, what they made of it, and and why target score is one of the best things they've ever come up with. John, uh, very well in the know, CEO uh, over at TST. That's right, isn't it, John? Um, what yep. did you make of the tournament? What What did you make of the tournament then? Because for us, we've had a couple of the guys on already on this podcast, but it looked like a great success. Yeah, for a first-time event, it was uh, a bit of an unknown going into it. We'd never done it before, and we had never even played this version of the sport before. So we made it hard on ourselves by including clubs like Wrexham and West Ham, and we we uh, we brought a, a pretty big audience to it. And sure enough, rolled out 63 games over four days uh, under under quite a big spotlight. So we were very pleased with how it went, and fans on site had a great experience. Yeah, it looked um, you know the huge queues from what we saw looking at, looking across. We weren't in in North Carolina, but a lot of people were. I mean, Chris Paul was on the sidelines for Wrexham's first game and Steve Nash was in midfield and Fabregas was... 
it looked uh, very surreal. Yeah, and we um, we heard from many people that this is a one of a kind experience. They've never really seen this type of attention or this type of these types of people in the sport gather in one location at the same time, and we're able to deliver this experience, which felt really good. You know, there was a mix of, you've mentioned a few, West Ham, Wolves, Wrexham, some like more, you know, the listeners will know and, and people will know those teams. And then there were a couple in Wrexham's group, Sayward FC, um, you know, some other names that maybe weren't as familiar, but they were really, really good. Wrexham then, how important was it or how interested were, were kind of organizers to get Wrexham as one of the teams? They were a number one um, for, for many reasons. I think I've been calling them America's team. Uh, and, and when I grew up in the NFL, we used to call the Dallas Cowboys America's team, mm-hmm. r- regardless of where you are. It's very clear to me that Wrexham is the most popular soccer team in the world, football team, sorry, in the world um, for anyone in America. And it's because they came to it mainly through the Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElarney ownership and the, um, the content series subsequently that's been running. And so for us, we want to introduce a new version of the sport, a slightly different version, different rule set to maybe a more casual fan of the sport. And we thought that the best inroads would be through uh, a team like Wrexham, who is maybe gathering more casual fans than a normal club would be. And, and, and did you see that in terms of ticket sales, merchandise, that there was a massive push on Wrexham? And this isn't, and, 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 you know, I think they made it clear as well, the Wrexham Red Dragons, it wasn't. You know all the all the stars we saw on the documentary, and yet a lot of those players that went came back feeling like heroes had signed loads of autographs and loads of shirts, and it seemed like they were really one of the big draws of the tournament. They were, and we asked all of our ticket holders who they came to see or ticket purchasers, and forty percent said Wrexham, um, which was a, wow. obviously a huge number. And so we were we were very curious to see what the attendance would be like once Wrexham lost on Friday night in the first knockout round, it would these fans come back or would there be empty stadiums? And and luckily they came for Wrexham but stayed for the event and uh and we remained sold out all through the weekend. Yeah, I mean you know, we saw on social media a lot of people saying they drove from Indiana and they came over from all over the States to watch, mainly because of Wrexham and and, and they loved it. They loved the experience, different fields and and just a great a great atmosphere. Um the, the first Wrexham game then, I mean, from a kind of organizer's point of view and a, and a social media and marketing, Wrexham winning in target score down 2-0, first to three against a good Como team. You know, former Wolves striker Patrick Catrone won the golden boot in the end. I mean, that, obviously you're happy whoever wins, but that must have been, a, a you know, one of the games in the early in the early rounds. It, it was amazing to watch, I know, for, for our side. Well, what we love to see is... Um speculative comments saying or saying what is this ending all about what is this gimmicky (laughs) tournament what are these rules um this is blasphemous come on i don't want to and then five minutes later this is the best thing ever this is awesome i can't believe you came back and won we saw that with basketball because we do the same ending in basketball where we have teams play to a target score and whenever there's a reversal where the trailing team comes back and wins the fans online do a, a very quick and remarkable 180 and, right. and all of a sudden love the ending and love the drama of it. And we saw that with the Wrexham fans on Thursday morning and it was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, I mean, look, we were yeah loving it. George Boyd, obviously guest player for us, ex-Premier League. Yeah, that was great. And um, 
and and then obviously the, the the women's game you know people were staying up late into the night and um, that got a lot of media headlines Wrexham going out then I mean we were starting to believe that that we were going to go on and, and win the million I think you know in the way Wrexham went out again a, a target score situation it just it 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 felt it felt it felt like a, a you know an entertain if we had to go out it felt like that was the kind of way I think there was a lot of people just accepted the fact that our team with mix of young and old had, had really made its mark on the tournament. Absolutely, I mean we we know from a, a brand perspective that it made its mark, and we were always curious what kind of team would show up. And some some of our teams came. No one knew what to expect. Some came. Uh, very legend heavy and some came with academy players some came with some first teamers um some came with the women's side as well and no one really knew what for, what would work and we saw very quickly that Wrexham's style of play they built a great team uh for our event for the first time and of course like every other team they'll take some learnings away and, and build the next team a different type of team in future years um but we were very pleased that they, and the crowd loved it um, they not only loved the red, but they they love and the Wrexham, but they loved the the actual team. It was a high quality team. Yeah, and I mean the hope is that Wrexham will will get an invite in the post for next year, surely. Yeah, I talked to Sean <laughs> Harvey about that right away, of course, and uh, we'd love to make it happen. Yeah, I think I think you you said it there, like it it was a good learning experience. I think for the fans as much as anything, because we haven't seen a kind of seven v seven and it was all very slick you know we could watch the games which is as you know is is obviously very important from brand perspective but it you did see that maybe the maybe less familiar teams were the ones that that looked like they'd played that format a little a little bit longer and you i think one of our guys was saying you know obviously Wrexham went to the final they watched the final and they just thought for that format and that that game they were just a, a, a notch above with the experience level yep and that's the fun of it. It's a big experiment in the end. And nobody's claiming to be an expert at this point, but you watch over time and it takes several years and observation to see what style of play works and what type of players work. And we love having clubs like Wrexham along because you can bring your fan base with you on that journey. It's a unique for mm. you to, to experience. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, that you said about the squads there, just a couple more. What One of the things was we weren't quite sure whether it was a, legends tournament or or a youth team or that was one of the big learning curves is could we have sent Paul Mullen and, and a few I mean I, they wanted a well-earned holiday for sure but you know it, it's one of them where how do you see the future do you think a more women's team I know Heather O'Reilly gave an interview saying that she would like to again enter be and be the only women's team but Wrexham obviously got a good women's team there's I suppose there's things to think about for, for future versions of this yeah it, the answer for us is all of the above and um, FA Cup was always the model for me in developing a basketball tournament 10 years ago. I just love that format. And I love it just because it appeals to such a diverse amount of competitors. And we don't have anything remotely like that here in the States. And I love it for basketball, and I especially love it for soccer. My belief is that a tournament com comprised only of Legends teams wouldn't be that interesting. A tournament of yeah. only academy players wouldn't be interesting. A tournament of only first teamers wouldn't even be interesting. Like all of that exists already. Why not just mix it up and encourage people to add a celebrity like a Steve Nash or, <laughs> you know, a, a, a few academy players, some legends players, some first teamers and just and make it a celebration of that brand and a very highly competitive one for fans to experience. 
Yeah, and lastly, then it doesn't need to be Wrexham related. I know I'm asking you all these Wrexham questions. What was your favourite moment of the tournament? Ours is obviously going to be Wrexham's target score win, but there were there were lots of cool wins and, and dramatic moments. It was being done with it, uh, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> getting getting come on, through. Come on, John. You've got you've got lots of exciting moments to choose from. Not not no, the finish. People come up to me during it and say, "Aren't you? Isn't this so, so cool? Aren't you enjoying it?" Like, I don't know. I I would have to say, for me, it's so stressful. But I would say. Um, Friday night during knockout round, we had multiple fields going at the same time. And I was able to kind of now being in the pace of it and having gone through 48 games pretty smoothly, I was able to go out by the backfield on a hillside and just sit and watch a game alone under the lights. And it was just great to be able to see people enjoying target score time over and over again where the winning team kicks a goal and they run across the field and they take their shirts off. I don't know what that's about, but everybody does it. And that, if I boiled anything in our tournament down to, to, to one thing, it's it's that moment, a time 63. It's like all games end on a game-winning goal and you see the emotion right there. And that's awesome to me. So Rich, there you go then. You know, big fan of the FA Cup and he wanted a kind of FA Cup feel to it where you could come up against anyone, big teams, little teams, doesn't really matter. And and I think they delivered. I think you have to say that for a first attempt at the tournament, you know, can only get bigger and bigger and bigger. Wrexham, I'm sure, will be itching to go back again next year and try try their luck with a couple of different players. But overall, huge success, you got to say. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like we said, very happy to watch further integrations of the tournament um, in the years ahead. I think interesting to see if they sort of ever team up with EA Sports FC, you know, sort of what's what FIFA games are going to become in, in the years ahead because I know they've got the the sort of Volta mode on there, which is similar to this, but I think having sort of more customization with it all would be a really interesting way to get younger people involved. And Well, you, yeah. well, you reminded me, Rich, you reminded me because FIFA, I was playing FIFA, I had a career mode with Wrexham. And I kind of, I think I, that went quiet for a few months. Didn't it, it? it did. I, I think I just went into a really prolonged off season and just started, just didn't play it for ages. But maybe I need to pick it back up because I, I got Wrexham to, I think it was the top half of League One. But I, I always put it on too hard a difficulty and, and, and I'm not that good, much like in real life. I'm not the best football player or FIFA player, but still got Paul Mullin and still got Ben Toes and Aaron Hayden. So I'm trying to get as many of the lads through to the upper tiers as I can. So let's see. Maybe I'll bring back my FIFA career mode. Keep your eyes peeled on this one. Nate, then other business. We've got a few emails this week, haven't we? And I know we've been saying for weeks on end we'll get through them and maybe now is a good time to open that mailbag a bit yes we've got um a good few uh emails so here we go one from Nigel you put both great pod as always uh content good and great to hear rich back so there you go rich we not often you get shout outs of your return but Nigel but it's great to have rich back um and you put Nathan mentioned going to the USA which games are you going to yet um I'm going to North Carolina and LA, and he also mentioned the event uh, that we touched on, Luke Young and Jordan Davis. But we'd also like to thank Luke Young and Jordan Davis for attending the charity event at the My Squin. The event was arranged by my son-in-law, who works for Networld Sports. Our Tech End family also together booked a table. It was great to hear both Luke and Jordan speak about their Wrexham experiences. There was a charity auction at the end. I did hear about this. There was a charity auction at the end, which cost me a fortune with lots of one item, um, one-off items up for grabs. And the event raised nearly 4K for Hope House. I'd love some Wrexham merch. Um, I'd love yeah. some Wrexham merch. I'm, love trying to, I'm trying to transform my uh, sort of man cave uh, in the house. And I, I've got like a, a Wrexham wall that's beginning to take shape. I nice. need some more merch. I need to get a shirt framed. I need to get 
some little trinkets as well. But sure, well you've got you've got uh, we'll get we'll get on to him shortly. But surely that's got to that's got to go in a frame. The Jacob Mendy Mendy promotion winning shirt. Surely it's it's a work in progress. Yeah, it's that a work in progress. I just need to find a, a suitable framers or frame it myself. But yeah, that's that's a work well, in progress. Well, Ni- Nigel's actually sent me. I know I know this is no good to to the listeners, but Nigel's actually sent me a picture of some of the things he bought. So he bought one big frame of signed Luke Young pictures, which is very nice. Picture of Luke Young clapping the away end at Coventry. One um, of the promotion day board and one of the parade with a red smoke. And then, God, this is the this is the money spinner. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven pictures of Paul Mullen in a frame. It's not what, enough. What better to look at? It's not, it's not, one more in got a calendar. It's it's a large old frame. Uh, Paul Mullen at Coventry, the Albi celebration. Yeah, just just great great scenes. Um, and that's signed by Paul Mullen. So I'm sure that's cost him a pretty penny. Uh, but Nigel, thank you so much for the email. Who else have we got here then? So we've got one from Benjamin Donovan from Down Undies. But hi, Rob Ryan Red. Wanted to send a question from Melbourne, Australia. After Wrexham's record-breaking season in the National League last year and Notts County also hitting 100 points, combined with the new attention the league we've been getting, do you think there is a possibility of the National League increasing their automatic promotion spots from one to two? Based on what I was seeing on social media, a lot of newer fans to the game were shocked to see that there's only one uh, promotion place automatic. What do you think, Rich? I mean, it seems like it's the wind is blowing that way. Yeah, I mean, it's still a fluid situation and the reforms need to be sort of authorised. I think when they get passed, it usually takes two to three seasons for them to actually be implemented because there's so much sort of red tape and paperwork you've got to go through. You know, if football was sensible, you'd just say, yeah, let's do it. And it could have been implemented for, for next season, but it just isn't that straightforward. But I think that this past season, it's been the best advert for for non-league football that it could ever, ever have or dream of. And it's evident that the quality's there. I know there's the counter-argument that Wrexham and Notts were so much better than everyone else that it sort of proved it in the end that maybe do you want three teams going up because one of them wouldn't be quite of that quality. But compared to... We look, look at the teams who got relegated from League 2 last season. Scunthorpe went straight down. Oldham started badly, solidified and, and finished the season quite well in mid-table. I think that there's, I think anyone who watches non-league football will know that the top half is as easily as good as the bottom half of League Two. Sure. And you have to have free promotion places because otherwise it's just a bit archaic, I think. I, I think, look, from speaking to people of the league, there's definitely an appetite to do so. It'll be interesting, depending on how this season goes, if, you know, is there another runaway team? Are there two runaway teams again? I'll be interested. I'll definitely be following the National League. Even the Wrexham. I've got two more, Rich. We've got one from Dennis, who's in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. So what a dream. Wrexham are going to be turning up exactly where he lives. He's put greetings to Rich and Nathan. I'm a relatively new listener to the podcast, and I'm catching up on old episodes now. Thank you, Dennis. And as always, if anyone's listening and is new, go back and listen to some of the old chestnuts. Who have we got? Curtis Obeng. If you haven't heard of him, great former player for us. Justin Maybe, Very entertaining cult hero. Robin Ryan. There's loads to get you stuck into. But he put, I'm a relatively new listener to the podcast. And a Wrexham fan for just for going on just a year now. I was elated to learn that Wrexham are coming to my hometown, Chapel Hill. I bet you were. Um, I got tickets immediately and I live one mile from the stadium. Two quick questions, if I may. Here we go, Rich. Number one, what kit can we expect Wrexham to wear, given this is a summer friendly? Um, last season's kit, next season's kit, or some other jersey. It would be great if they can bring some merchandise too, since the club shop is sold out. New kits? I'm sure we'll know the new kits. Yeah, then. or pre-season is... As much as it's a chance to build fitness for the new season, it's a chance to build your brand and merchandise. If Wrexham wanted to build fitness for the new season, they'd be playing, you know, in the UK. The the point of going to the US is to 
build that exposure and a lot of that will be to sell more merchandise to to build the brand and a key part of it will be to wear those new kits and and see them fly off the shelves at hotcakes i know again to plug an old podcast sean harvey said thirty-five thousand have been yes. ordered for the new season i i understand why they've upped it to that amount but i'd still would have upped it a lot more i would have gone maybe around the fifty thousand mark i really do think we could we could sell that much i think there's so much interest and demand in, in wrexham right now and yeah that, that's what it'll be it'll be is that, that the chelsea game chapel hill sorry that, that's like chapel hill yeah that'd be the chelsea game so what have so we you'd got expect got? both teams to be in their their new home kits you'd expect red. chelsea to be in blue and you'd expect wrexham to be in this red kit that's hopefully being released soon and we know that the away's white and the third strip's black so black yeah you'd expect that but pre-season as well is sometimes a chance for teams to show off their other kits. Rex will try to wear a new kit probably in every single game. You'd expect if they're playing United, then in that game they'd wear the white or the black. And then when they're playing well, LA Galaxy, can't play. That'll be white, white, won't it? So you'd yeah, expect so the red again. So the black expect hit. to see all of Rex's kits in action this this preseason, I'd say. So here, here we go. And so he's got a second question. He's also attached a picture of him and his son Jay, and they're both wearing the Champions um, t shirts, which they're looking uh, splendid in that attire, gentlemen. The second question is Is there a. Maybe this is one for the website, Rich, but. Is there a source available for the lyrics to the most popular Wrexham so- Stadium songs, cheers and chants that fans sing? As we'd like to make the lads feel at home here as much as possible. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I saw a few people on social media say that they're itching to learn the chants and feel more connected. You know, they want to make it feel a home from home. And I don't know. I know that there are ones out there. Maybe we need to kind of pull together some it of It sounds like a RobRyanRed.com article in the making. That's what it sounds it? like. That's so yeah, maybe that's like. a call to arms as well. If you listen to this, uh, maybe more of a long-term Wrexham fan, there's any chant in particular that you think is essential, we'll maybe put together a hymn sheet of maybe the, the top 10 or so chants that you think are crucial for any North American fan to know heading into the new season uh, and heading into pre-season as well. So, yeah, let us know on email, robryanred at gmail.com or the contact button on robryanred.com the, what you deem to be the essential Wrexham chants, and we'll get those all collated into a piece that we can share with you and tweet and put on the website. And Rich, finally then, but while, while we're talking about the website, Alex Roberts put an article up on there, um, how Wrexham can use a box midfield, which is working very successfully for Manchester City right now. thought it was really interesting, actually, and something I'd not really thought about in terms of how could we get Elliot Lee, Jordan Davis, Andy Cannon and Tom O'Connor all into the same team with the box midfield. So you can read that, robbrianred.com. My final point was actually going to be Congratulations to Rob Ryan Red sponsor Jacob Mendy with his call up for the Gambia national team. Yeah, I mean the chat makes more sense now, doesn't it? The waka waka, hey hey, he comes <laughs> from Gambia. He plays for Gambia now as well. Fantastic, yeah. All the best, Jacob. Thoroughly deserved. We both know that he's 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 well of of the ability to do so. It's great that he's got the recognition to do so. Again, it's another endorsement of why you want to join Wrexham because it can put you on the footballing map like that. I suppose now, if to be devil's advocate somewhat, the only slight concern is that if it goes too well, he might not be available for a period next season. Well, I mean, yeah, if he, if if they qualify, I mean, he, so he's he's been called up for this Afcon Africa Cup of Nations qualifier. I mean, should Gambia qualify, and you would imagine that if they do qualify, the squad will be similar. You'd imagine. I don't know. I, I'm going to admit to you, Rich, I'm not au fait with the pool of talent available to Gambia selectors. Um, shock. Maybe that's what FIFA downfall. <laughs> maybe maybe that's where I'm going wrong on football manager and all these FIFA games. Um, but I would say that Mendy, if he's in a good team, which he is at Rexman, a winning team. But how remarkable would that be that, just think, a couple. I sometimes think a couple of years ago when we started this podcast out, we you know, were missing out on the playoffs. 
um you know i get away at dagenham and keats had gone and and now we're looking at league two and come january we could be losing our main left back for a month to africa cup of nations it just seems worlds apart it just it's bizarre but look if if it happens and if that happens and they qualify and he gets selected you know what an achievement that is what an amazing achievement that is and africa cup of nations is a huge competition um for anyone who's not familiar with it it is a huge 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 competition you most salah sadio man is all these players play at the top end of that and um good luck to him i'm wishing him all the best it's a great achievement it reminds me of sort of 2006 when Wrexham had all those trinidad Trinidad, trinidadian players at the the world cup trinidadian is that what they would be i feel like that's what it is that yeah trinidadian we'll go with that as i just remember so vividly at the time watching maybe an ITN or a BBC news package shot in Wrexham on that the eve of the World Cup. Trinidad were about to play England, were they, in the opening match? And right, there was right. a feature of why it was something like, you know, Wrexham fans would tend to support whoever was playing England anyway, but there was a special reason because there were so many links with the, the Trinidad squad. So, yeah, it was uh, they were good times and it is always nice to have that international representation in your side. And, of course, Football League fixtures can get postponed for international um, commitments quite easily. I think you only need three players. I think you need three. Yeah. I think I think you need three. I mean, we're like. Look, I mean, I'm not taking. I'm not joking too much, but that could be Mullen and Mendy and one ever, couldn't it? You know, it's quite conceivable. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of who who qualifies for who. I mean, I mean, if we're being realistic, you rule out anyone who qualifies for the England national team, but Tom unless Gareth Southgate really wants to make the most of long balls. And long throws. Maybe. I, I'm still thinking about Louis Lloyd saying that Sam Dolby is a joke in training, that he's that good. I mean, I, I obviously have been a big Sam Dolby fan, picked him in my end of season awards for Young Player of the Year, but I honestly have got such high hopes for him going into next season. It's ridiculous. Well, that's it for another week on Rob Ryan Red. The Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. Nath, thank you very much for joining me once again. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be back home and not mobile again like last week's uh, late night fiasco. But all good. I'm I'm exa- I'm crying out for a bit of transfer news. Are you? Still nothing on Ben Foster when we record this. Still it's nothing. It's slow, hasn't it? I just feel like everything's taken a little bit of time. I mean, did you see this week? Burnley are already back in tra- pre-season training. That's Matt. Because the, obviously I, they I don't know. league much earlier. Are you, but... are you one of those people that says the season is still ongoing? As in Champions League final, is that the end point of the season? Yeah, I think until all the European finals are over, it's still this season. So, so it's a Burnley a pre-season during the season. Wild. Yeah, technically. Wild. They've got us on the technicality there. But yeah, I just feel like there's so much excitement. There's so much momentum heading into next season. We want to see the new kits. We want to see new players. We want to have the full pre-season, pre-season fixture schedule sort of confirmed. We know sort of UK games that we might be able to get to and stuff. So... I've got fixtures being released soon as well. Later two this more weeks. There's two two weeks till the fixtures come out. God, that's going to be exciting. I feel like the last couple of weeks have been a little bit of a lull, but I feel like it's going to really step it up a notch now and, and we'll get some serious excitement and, and news. And of course, if you want to hear the latest Wrexham news, Rob Ryan Red on all social medias. We will bring you the latest and the biggest Wrexham news there. Again, another plug for our YouTube channel as well. We'll have some reaction videos to any major breaking news stories as and when they come. And of course, we'll bring you the podcast throughout the summer as well, leading up to the new season. So once again, thank you very much to Red 10. Thank you very much to all our interviewees this week. Thank you very much to Wrexham-based band Hypnotic for letting us use their music, The Stings, on today's podcast. 
Thank you very much, though, mainly for listening. Take care. I'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping, and you steal a last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.